Hello, bonjour, and welcome to the Don't Waste Water podcast. I'm your host, Antoine Walter, and I have the great pleasure to welcome Thomas De Bruyne as my guest today. Thomas is Asia-Pacific Digital Manager at Veolia Water Technologies and the former General Manager Smart Water Services and Business Development Director Network Services, also with Veolia. In today's episode, Thomas will unveil the digital approach that allows Veolia to increase treatment capacity, reduce energy and chemical consumptions, and improve the hydraulic balance of existing wastewater treatment plants without any kind of civil works. You're listening to Don't Waste Water, the podcast that helps water professionals to improve their wastewater treatment, optimize their operation costs, and keep up with the latest market trends. This podcast is brought to you by GF Piping Systems. As a leading supplier of piping systems made of plastics and metal, GF Piping Systems is the global expert for the safe and reliable transportation of water, chemicals, and gas. For more information, visit gfps.com. Hi, Thomas, and welcome to the show. Thank you for accepting my invitation. I think you're quite far from me, geographically speaking, because you're down under, right? How hot is it today in Australia? <laughs> well, thank you for having me, first of all, Antoine. Uh, very nice being with you. Uh, we're very, very lucky. It's winter at the moment, but the temperature is around 20 degrees, so... Uh, I guess it will be like summer for you, isn't it? It is. And I'm sure that for many of our listeners, having temperatures of 20 degrees in the middle of the winter is clearly something that we would appreciate. So, Thomas, before digging into the heart of our interview today, I'd like to have some word on your path. You had a f very successful career so far in our industry, and that led you at some point to uh, Australia. So what's the story behind that? Uh, well... What brought me to Australia was way different to the industry or either my career. My wife is Australian. I met her when I was turning at the University of South Australia in 2006. And uh, we worked and lived a little bit in Europe before deciding to come back to live in Australia, starting with Melbourne in 2010. And then I joined Viodia as a company. And since then, I grew through different positions here uh, locally. Your role today is from what I read on, on LinkedIn as Asia Pacific Digital Manager and on the other hand also Food and Beverage Market Segment Manager. Can you just explain us what, what this consists mm -hmm. in? Of course. Well, it's a twofold role. Uh, starting with the digital first, my job is to assist the local business unit of the company with a digital transformation. So what I mean by digital transformation is anything we do, especially with the AquaVista platform, but I guess we come back on detail on this one a bit later how we better support customer services, project equipment connected on the cloud with different services associated to it. On the other hand, I also provide market research services uh, and provide business intelligence, uh, especially on the food and beverage market across Asia Pacific to the different business units to understand where to go, how to target the different market and where we can find the best match between our product and services and the local requirement. So your position is, is global to, to the, the Southeast Asia or Asia Pacific. So you might be traveling a lot or how, how do I have to vision that? Unfortunately, since uh, six months, one year, a lot less with what's going on. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yes, I used to travel a lot. So I cover China, Southeast Asia, Australia and New Zealand. Okay. The digital transformation is, is a buzzword, you know, which, which is present in, in many organizations. And I say that not in a negative way, just because there are many realities behind that terms. And I guess everybody has his own understanding. So what would be your definition of digital transformation when it comes to 
the way it's looked at at Veolia. As a matter of fact, I like your point of view because I share the same. Uh, digital could mean pretty much everything and uh, almost nothing at the same time. Okay, it's very much a buzzword lately as well, even though it's not deployed correctly for most of the application. Uh, some of the industry a lot more advanced that we are, especially in the banking system, insurance system. Our utilities are a lot slower, but that's where you have the most potential growth in the years to come. Now, at Veolia, altogether, Veolia is a large organization. We have a few different digital tools covering the few different activities that we have across the board, across waste, dangerous waste, water, water management, as well as energy services. So we don't have one strategy per se for digital for everything we do across the board. My main focus today is on Veolia water technology. So design and build of water and wastewater treatment plan, especially where Aquavista is targeting. Okay. So my, my vision on this one is actually pretty short. Mm-hmm. On this one, digital is a way for us to, especially today, but even more so in the future, to provide better and improve process expertise to our customer and the associated process and technology that we provide. The DNA of the audio water technology is not today to provide digital services per se, all right? But we're always looking for a way to improve our way to provide support to our customers. And one way to do that is to provide our process expertise, which is a DNA of the audio water technology via digital solution. Either they are optimized or via a process engineers connected online or via AI, we are looking for ways to provide better process expertise real time to technologies and customers that we support. So the digital is, is an enhancement to the traditional offering from Veolia and it's going just one step further and supporting the customer a bit more. You're exactly right. People tend to segregate digital as a, a new offering. I, I, tend to, I tend to define the way you just define it now as a, a one step up for us to better support our clients, depending on the type of projects we are talking about. Digital is also very, very broad. Okay, so Aquavista is organized in four bricks. We start with portal insight, assist, and plant. Okay, we, we decided to divide Aquavista in four different offerings from monitoring, reporting on one side to the other extreme of optimization with uh, optimization of biological treatment plant using AI and specific algorithm that we have developed over the past 25 years. So it could be a question of convenience and automatic reporting up to the point that we are able to basically increase the hydraulic and biological capacity of the plant using AI and in most cases defer capital expenditure. So it's difficult to provide a vision and a point of view and a definition of one digital tool or vision for one company. The, to me, digital is uh, combining IoT cloud computing is a way to provide in a better way and in a much cheaper way, improvement, support and optimization to our customers. Absolutely clear. We, we now jumped uh, somehow in our main topic, which is AquaVista. So that's I'm really looking forward to learning a bit more about it, uh, but maybe just a preliminary question. What is your, your, your key market you target? Is it more the municipal side, the industrial side, both of them, everywhere where, where water is involved? Uh, I wouldn't say we target any market 
specifically. Digital support or support via digital means and tools is applicable in my mind to any market and it's applicable different ways. Okay. First of all, it is highly modular. So it highly depends on the client needs to start with. Second of all, it usually it differs between we can apply digital solution to either municipal and industrial market. Usually in the municipal market, we have had significant large project for us to optimize using a Covistar plant. The way wastewater treatment plant works using cloud computing and algorithm to increase the plant capacity. For industries, we have the ability to connect a smaller plant and product on the cloud for us to be able to provide support remotely as well as provide automatic reporting, KPIs and alarm management and the like. So really it's applicable to any market and it's it's based on the current needs really. What would be the triggers to start an Aquavista initiative, if I might say so, for, for, for a customer? Has it something to do with the water scarcity? Is it more controlling the operating cost? Uh, is it because the, the regulation is getting stricter? Or as you said just um, seconds ago, uh, to increase the capacity of the plants? It depends. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I would say it depends a lot in the conversation because it's true. Now, the main drivers for enhancing our services and product using digital are very different. And most of the time, it is a combination. Okay, so let's start one by one. Compliance, for instance. Compliance, especially for discharge, is and will always be an issue. Okay, so improve the visibility of a different plant with remote monitoring and alarm management, automatic reporting and so forth sent to different people on time will basically assist the customer and either want remote support from ourselves as well to basically monitor that we are aligned with the local regulation for discharge and avoid the different fine and non-compliances, which is always an issue. Now, in regards to OPEX reduction and operation performance, this can have a drastic impact as well. To give you a specific example, one of the main features of this platform is that it collects and aggregates data to display them in a very friendly and powerful way. So instead of having a look at download a different report, have a look at remote scatter from one site and another site and so forth, let's put ourselves in the shoes of a key account customer or a multi-site customer like in Australia, you have many, many miles around. Okay. We have the capacity today to connect the different plant using the same portal, so one login, one password, and connect with a, only a few clicks the performance of the different plant and compare using specific KPIs how this plant is running. To give you an example, let's say we use clarification process for intake water on five or six different mines or for the treatment of tanning dams, for instance. We have the ability today to connect them. We have the ability today to set up KPIs around how much chemical are we using per meter cube of water produced or what is electrical consumption per meter cube produced and the like to compare how the plants are currently performing. So we go one step up, right? as a matter of fact, we go a few steps up above what we're able to do to compare how the plants are basically performing between each other after we have normalized and displayed the data in a friendly way, which will always give good insight for operators and management run their plant, hopefully. A bit away. Now, the driver could be very much about numbers because at the end of the day, it's always about numbers, isn't it? So our last brick, of the, I, would, I would call it the most relevant brick, Aquavista plant has the ability 
depending on the process line as well as what the challenges in the drivers are to reduce OPEX and or increase hydraulic capacity and or increase biological capacity as well. So we have had very good, great success stories. I can come back on one in more detail later on if you want, especially in Denmark, where we have connected the plant on the cloud and we have reached, just to give you an, an example, plus 80% in hydraulic capacity wow. without CapEx, just by using AI and specific algorithm to basically optimize biological treatment using cloud computing. Just to understand the process, if I'm one of these key account customers or just an operator having some trouble, how would I suddenly say I need to go digital because I think you said it as well our industry is pretty conservative that might be a cliche but I think to the digital extent it's a bit true so if you've been doing right or almost right for 20 years why would you suddenly go to the digital route it's a good point <laughs> okay let's take an example to answer this question mm -hmm. as I said earlier if I was a customer I wouldn't decide come tomorrow to go digital from nothing We already at Veolia and Veolia Water Technology service a lot of customers around Asia Pacific. I'll give you an example of Rio Tinto. Okay, so Veolia is servicing Rio Tinto in different way and means, either for water management, waste management, as well as energy management across the country. Rio Tinto has numerous sites across the country, as well as different branches. Now, Usually Rio Tinto wouldn't come to us to say, I need digital solution for the sake of having a digital solution. But what we would suggest to Rio Tinto, since we're already servicing different sites and so forth, is to basically connect the different treatment sites and to basically give visibility on how the different sites are performing, what is going on, on equipment contract, what is the ongoing PO service contract coming, and so forth. Okay. An analogy that I like to give a lot to my customers to get out of the context and the water sector because it helps a lot is to use banking. Ten years ago, when we wanted to make a bank transfer or open a new bank account, deposit account, a working account or whatever, we had to go to the bank, provide the paperwork and so forth. Today, everything is done online. So you basically go online, you can have a look at the history of the expenses, you can provide some charts about who is spending what and when and how. The bank is even able to analyze doing big data, obviously, and data mining, what our behavior pattern is, and so forth, to see if we can have our claim, our credit card, and so forth. Today, that's exactly the same thing. If we are se we're servicing our customer, we're already working together. But what we can offer is to basically have the customer to have the site already connected, have visibility on the document management, the contract management, see what's coming, who has done what, what were the alarm and so forth on their own portal. Okay, so that means that basically the acceptance is coming in our industry just because um, we might be late compared to some other trends, but still it's not sending rockets to the moon. So people might accept it. Now, assuming that they accept to go that route, how does it start? Uh, does it start with a diagnosis from your side or do you directly enhance? I guess you have to, like a doctor, start with a diagnosis. <laughs> okay. Usually on the service side, the client that we've been servicing for a long time, uh, after explaining the value of um, having their own portals and live KPIs and remote support as well, It's an additional value, an additional level of service of client that we were already providing services to in the past. 
If it's a new client, uh, we always offer digital layer to our service specialty chemical offering as well. On the top of what we are doing, I would call it as an option so that they have better visibility, better transparency. They can compare the sites, consumption chemical, and so forth as well. Now, when we start to dig into the plant optimization using AI, that's another story because it's more of an object, I mean, project approach. So usually our customers approach us or we bicycle refer to the tenders where the client is looking to expand the treatment plant. Uh, biological treatment plant because they have a bottleneck of some sort or they have a compliance issue. And mm-hmm. we do a study to assess if on our side, our suite of features, which in NHL are the algorithm that we can use to basically optimize using AI the way the plant works, could be a fit or not. If it's a fit, then we approach a client with, as you understand, most of the time an alternative offer, an alternative approach to optimize the plant which would allow the client to defer the capex or potentially go for capex, new sensors, actuators, small salad, I mean small capex and ongoing subscription for the client to be able to improve the, the way the plant is running and most of the time increase the capacity of the plant as well. So you need some data. The data is not always available, I guess, or something. sometimes it might need to be enhanced. So do you need to, uh, to, to have these first phases where you maybe add some sensors or you, you, you put the plants on your watch? Uh, not really. Usually the data we need to connect are more or less aligned with the data we need to connect for a conventional design basis for a okay. plant DNB or a plant upgrade. With that, we have the tools in the house to run a projection, to run a simulation, to assess if and how the algorithm will assist the biology to have a better output, okay? Mm-hmm. It's a mix of things because the way Aquavista plant works, so the most advanced module of Aquavista AI to optimize biological treatment, the plant will basically, we, in NHL we can also call it advanced control. There will be a control philosophy applied by the local PRC scatter. What we're offering is to basically using cloud computing to feedback every one to two minutes specific site points to optimize the biology of the plant. So there will be a little bit of work on the PLC to ensure that the PLC will consider the different set of site points calculated on the cloud. We will use for this what we call an OPC bridge to communicate with a platform located on the cloud. And in the cloud, that's where the cloud computing takes place. The main upside of this is that we do not need a local server and to maintain a local server for the optimization to work. Uh, Everything is done on the cloud. So it's a lot cheaper and a lot easier to deploy compared to a local solution. On a technical point of view, I'm fully with you. I see how it might be much more convenient and, and much more efficient to be operating from the cloud. But I'm, I'm a bit wondering about the acceptance because sometimes when you talk with uh, operators, they're not that uh, happy of having all their data flowing somewhere to the cloud and maybe someone could hack it. Or Is it a fear which is still there or did you overcome that? <laughs> it is always a first fear. You're very right to mention it. You are right to mention that one of the downside, or one, uh, what can I call it? The, the main fear that cloud computing by sense, meaning there is a need of data transmission to the cloud and then pulled back and then fed back to the PLC, would be on the cloud. Now, how can I explain that? We have at Veolia, like most companies, understood that the future is going this way. 
most organizations are going this way for economy of scale, for us to be able to deploy our know-how and digital solution, we have to go down this road. So we have very, very, very stringent policies and procedures in place to ensure that, first of all, the data when logged on site are safe. Then when the data are pushed from the site to the cloud using different telco solutions are also safe. And when the data are on the cloud process, they're also safe. So we have a partnership with Amazon Web Services. Mm-hmm. We have a partnership with different organizations like uh, E1 and so and so forth to ensure that the data transfer is very safe. But we have different policies and procedures in place, and they are tested continually to ensure that all of this is safe and the client at any time can retrieve the information. It's theirs as well. So the data gets sent to the cloud, and in the cloud, you have this cloud computing, which comprises some artificial intelligence, uh, I guess, machine learning, digital twin. Can you just elaborate uh, on that aspect? Is it more, uh, you've mentioned the benchmark as well, and I know that's uh, something which is uh, pretty much advanced in Australia compared to some other countries. Uh, So is it more a benchmark to real data, or do you run some modelization on a digital twin, and based on the results, you might give some advice? Okay, so there are two ways to look at that. Yes, we use Digital Twin to basically run the simulation, to basically calculate the different set point based on the different algorithm. Two ways to approach it. Either we use advanced analytics to basically run the reports and provide insights to the client. So that's one of the modules that we provide our customers as well, meaning that there is no automatic online control of the plan, even though it's not going to take over the PLC, but I will come back on that later. But the idea is to basically process further the data, normalize it, mine it, process it, and provide better insight to the client via mm-hmm. the form of KPIs or via the form of advanced analytics. Okay. Another way to look at it is the data processed on the cloud using different suites of algorithm. We recalculate the same point. It's assessed that the set point need to be changed for different reasons, especially on the biology. It's not applicable to any type of process, but it's very much applicable to the biology with an increased granular, granularity on the calculation of the set point to ensure that we stabilize the biology any further. And then they are directly fed back to PLC. Now, having said that, two important things to consider on the security point of view. First of all, it's like putting a it's like putting a plane on autopilot. So the local operator as well as the site manager will need to allow either via the SCADA or computing and tablet allow Acovista plant to optimize such and such process using such and such algo, yes or no. It's like when the plane will go with a pilot, the plane uh, after a while, when the plane is uh, is stable, the pilot will basically decide to put the uh, plane in autopilot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Another thing to understand as well is uh, advanced control does not have the purpose to take over the local PLC and control philosophy as well. The idea is to recalculate the different set point using a lot of historical data, data mining, data normalization, and advanced AI that is fed back real-time, almost real-time, to the treatment plan. If there is any issue, we have a lot of safeguard in regards to data communication, data transformation, quality of the data if you have an issue on the uh, setup of the sensors or calibration of the sensors and so forth. A lot of data check done to ensure that the data in are a good quality for us to process the data before the feedback to the PLC. If there is any issue with the communication or quality of the data statistically, or the site, for instance, is not willing for Aquavista plan to optimize the different set point, 
If there is any issue with this, the local PLC takes over and the latest calculated data will be considered as well. So it can be whether direct influence or it might be an advice and then the local operator can steal from his PLC or SCADA retake over. 100%. 100%. The idea of uh, advanced control is to refine the calculation of the biology using uh, cloud computing to provide benefits such as increased capacity as well as reduced OPEX. But ultimately, it's not to replace the local PLC. And we do this on purpose because as it is located on the cloud and even for site calculation and so forth, you always need a fail site. I have a difficult question here for you. It's more a question of a crystal ball. Uh, if you had to, to, to foresee what's going to be the, the, the state of that same plant in, in five years, in 10 years. Uh, today, we have sensors, we have valves, we have things, uh, automation loops a bit everywhere in the plant, which are linked to this PLC or to the SCADA. But uh, already today, and even more in the future with IoT, those might be directly connected. Is it still that way that you, you see it in the future, that the PLC or the SCADA will remain the king? Or at some point, uh, do you think that those equipment can directly communicate together? Well, you will always need both at the end of the day. To me, in the future, there will be more and more plant with a two-fold option. First of all, still with a local PLC SCADA, but for advanced control and optimization connected on the cloud, basically, like what Aquavista plant is offering. So I don't two years, foresee... Two. Yeah, yeah. I don't foresee yet uh, a situation where uh, basically sensors and actuators will be directly connected on the cloud or cloud computing to take place directly and information fed back to the different sensors and actuators. It's uh, If I have another analogy to make, I will make an analogy with a Google tablet, for instance. Mm -hmm. You will still have a computer with a much lighter hardware, much faster hardware and memory disk, a lot, a lot lighter computer with longer battery life, half or potentially even third of the cost of another computer. But as you understand, a lot of the tools today are basically being processed on the cloud, like Google Sheet or Google Doc and the like. That's how I foresee some of the plans in the future. Okay, absolutely clear. If we look at the results that we can expect from, from AquaVista, uh, what are your, 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 your key performance indica indicators? Is it uh, optimized OPEX? Is it uh, improved equipment lifetime? Is it regulatory compliance? A bit of both, a mix. So wh what can I expect uh, and wait from the system? I guess if I focus on optimization, okay, so we have, we've had a few case studies uh, on this one. Uh, the outcome can be uh, significant. So to give you a specific case, we have been working with uh, Blue Colding. So Blue Colding is a water utility based in uh, Denmark. We started to connect them about 15, 20 years ago, and we have been optimizing their plant using the Aquavista platform, which started server-based first, but the algorithm and the science behind it was the same and have been connected on the cloud about two years ago now. After 15 years, 20 years of operation, the following outcome has been achieved. So reduction in uh, nitrogen by 27%, reduction of chemical consumption by 46%, reduction in energy production by 23%, hydraulic capacity increase plus 80%. And we have had a combined network plant approach with this client, which have provided a reduction of overflow in the sewer by uh, 
Wow. Those are really impressive numbers. But um, if I want to be now the devil's advocate, does that mean that the operator wasn't doing his job right before? Or... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, please be so. <laughs> no, no, it's 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 actually it's actually a very common question. The the, the thing is, um, as a matter of fact, in our experience, advanced control starts to make sense when the plant is, as a matter of fact, already well maintained and well operated. We will not start to look into advanced control, for instance, if the plant is not well automatized. The first thing you need to do is to automatize your plant. All right. Mm-hmm. We will not start consider advanced control if uh, indeed there is an issue with site operation as well because most of the time it's obvious and if you burn the steps and go into optimization using AI before you properly run the plant with site liver, it will not work either. So the thing is using cloud computing and the different algo to stabilize the biology, as I explained earlier, the granular the granulometry of the calculation of the save point is done every minute or every two minutes or so. That's so something that is humanly not possible to do. The different set point could possibly change. Usually it's storm weather, dry weather on the wastewater treatment plant, but it could differ depending on the uh, philosophy. But but the number of considerations to take into account, like weather or inflow, outflow different specificity on the process line and so forth are way too many. And cloud computing is basically about using different set of algorithms to optimize the plan, the, the, way, the way the plant run on the top of what the operator is actually doing. Another analogy that we use as well is like uh, the lightest car today that you buy today. So if you depart from your line or the car can basically see if you fall asleep or so to bring back into the line or to break. So you still need a driver. Mm-hmm. You still need a good driver. It's never going to replace good operator. It's never going to replace a good engineer by all means. But to go one step above, to support the site engineer, to support the process engineer, to support the operators, using AI is definitely a good tool. Okay, absolutely clear. If I might switch to, to the business side, uh, what is your, your business model today? Is it, uh, are you marketing this as a software as a service or in a different way? You're entirely right. We market and we deliver this tool as a software, as a service. So the way it works, depending on the solution we provide, is first of all, we need to make an assessment. What do we want to do? What will work for the client? Do we want to provide um, one level app of service to our customers, automatic reporting, KPIs, alarm management, remote support, and so forth? Or do we want to use AI to optimize the plant run? So usually, it's based on a set of costs for us to be able to roll out the different IoT equipment required for us mm-hmm. to be able to optimize the platform for the plant to run. And then if we go down the road of using AI to set up the features, meaning the different algorithm, test them, refine them, and see how we go for the first usually three to six months. And after that, there is a subscription fee. So another analogy I like to use is Netflix, for instance. Uh, you need to set up your modem. You need to ensure it's connected. What do you want to watch? You want HD or not? And after that, you pay basically monthly or you pay yearly. We have had some past model in which it was based on performance-based guarantee, which is could be beneficial for us as well as for the client. It's still a bit difficult to implement today because you have to be very clear on what the benchmark is, but that's possibly something we can do. Uh, Vulia is the world leader in water, water business, water treatment, and 
competes on a daily basis with companies of the likes like Suez, Axiona, or whoever. And now you enter a world where your competitors are startups, um, maybe smaller and agile companies. Uh, is it a cultural change for, for you? And does it have some challenges associated? Uh, it's, always, it's always a challenge. First of all, the water market is one of the most conservative markets I know. So it could be a challenge sometimes to basically position the solution, even if the numbers make sense, by all means, to suggest a uh, software as a service solution as opposed to, let's call it a concrete solution, uh, a conventional plant upgrade. Now, of course, the DNA of Veolia as well as Veolia Water Technology is not to provide digital solutions. And we don't aim to basically become a provider of digital services per se. What we want to do, we understood a while ago that for us to provide what we know, the core of our business, meaning process expertise better to our client, we will do this in a much better way, in a much more efficient way, and a much cheaper way as well using digital. It has challenges because it is new to our client in some aspect. It is a challenge as well for us because it's not still in the DNA of our operator, engineers and the like. So we need to be able to ensure that they understand and onboard the solution. But at the end of the day, as long as we ensure it's it's 90% of it is still what we do, provide expertise, we provide the technology and we provide connected technology. As long as it makes sense to us and the client, digital is more or less barely discussed because our differentiator really is a process expertise and technology we provide. When it's connected, it's even better because we're in a better position to support and the client is in a better position to run the technology behind the scenes. Talking about the client, uh, who is the, the interlocutor you have on client side? Because if you're not focusing on the digital, I, I hope for you it's not the, 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 the IT responsible, rather the operator, or is it more the people in charge of the investment which try to avoid heavy civil works with an optimization of the existing plant? Uh, like for any other project, it's a mix of people. We are aligning with procurement the operator, the different stakeholders on the project, the consulting firm as well, of course, and obviously the end users. So the end users could change, could be the uh, OIM provider, for instance, that would allow, would allow them to make some savings on the chemical, then depending on the contract they have with the utility, uh, they would basically share the savings and keep the savings for themselves. Or we could poten potentially uh, work, most of the time it is the case for water utility direct. So like for any other project and services, which lies with different stakeholders. So that would be end users, procurement, management, engineering, as well as finance. Yes. Maybe my, my last question for this section, do you, do you also offer Aquavista as a standalone solution or is it always connected to uh, equipment that you might already be delivering to the plant or that you might be delivering in the plant in the future? It could be offered as both. It's a very good question. We are aiming to bundle our digital offering Aquavista to any technology and treatment plant we are providing to our customers. But as well as offering Aquavista, especially Aquavista plant using AI, as a standalone solution to clients willing to improve the way the wastewater treatment plant is running and can be offered as a standalone. It is technology agnostic. I think that rounds off uh, our deep dive on Aquavistas. Thanks a lot. So it was really interesting to me. So I hope that for our listeners, that might be uh, interesting as well. If it's fine with you, I would like to switch to, to the last part of the interview, which is the rapid fire questions. So short questions, short answers. I understand. 
It's time for the rapid fire questions. What is the most exciting project you've been working on and why? Ah, the most exciting project. Well, I have one in mind, unfortunately, I can't provide because it's still confidential. I can just say that in Australia, located in Newcastle. Why? Because it provided significant benefit to the customers and allowed them to defer uh, a significant capex by a lot. And uh, many people couldn't believe that we could provide such a process improvement using algorithm and AI. And we got to a point where for a, a much cheaper solution and a more advanced solution per se, we were in a position to allow the client to defer significant capex and uh, a very great case study. What's your favorite part of your current job? Ah, my favorite part. Uh, I guess that's what I'm doing now to basically explain the solution in detail, how it works, the features, what to expect. I tend to have the opposite approach of most people trying to oversell this solution. I, I, I don't think it's a good approach to do that. I'm very realistic about what we can do and what we can and can't achieve. I guess the favorite part is to basically get to the point where after doing a first simulation, we can assess or not. It's not always the case, let's be honest. But if we come to a situation where we can assess that we can significantly optimize the way the plant is running using AI, put a project and a business plan together, my favorite part is to basically present the different findings and convince the client that that's the way to go. What is the trend to watch out in the water industry? In general or about digital? Well, digital might be the trend. <laughs> Well, digital by itself is a trend, but we have to be very careful with digital because as you explained earlier during the call, it could mean a lot of different things. What we have to look for today is different things. The industry 4.0 by itself is defined in a lot of different sub-IDs or sub-segments, should I say. But what you're currently seeing in the market today, especially for utilities, and the water utilities, we shouldn't forget as well about networks. There is a strong reduction in the cost of actuators and valve and sensors and the like, which are very autonomous for a long time, run and operated with a battery, which needs very low maintenance. So a lot cheaper to basically buy, deploy, and maintain. But on the top of this, we all know that the price of the data as well as data transfer is a lot cheaper than, than before. Now, cloud, data storage, normalization, so forth, as well as cloud computing, again, it's a lot cheaper than before. The water market, in a way, is data rich, but information poor. I'm not too sure if you have heard this before. Mm -hmm. So we are entering a phase where it's exciting, but still could be confusing, where we're basically able to collect a lot of more data because it's a lot cheaper and it's a lot more feasible to before. So we are in a position where we are basically opening a lot of back boxes. So we need to understand what we can do with them and how we can transform that is something pragmatic and actionable for the operator. So the trend is more on the network performance? Uh, no. On the network performance, I would say that it's currently being down. Okay. I think in the future, not yet, the trend will be more on the process and treatment side than networks. The smart network ID is already quite well ingrained into the water professional. Mm -hmm. Okay. What is a bit less ingrained today is what we discussed a bit earlier during the interview about smart control. Okay, so uh, I, I see the future trend today into further acceptance of uh, uh, the different water professional to basically a low advanced control using AI and ideally cloud computing because it's a lot cheaper to deploy for the treatment plan to be optimized. Uh, we need to keep in mind as well the impact of uh, COVID. So. Uh, in the latest Global Water Intelligence magazine, 70% of utility leaders believe in uptake of automation and digital solutions. So we can see 
there was a switch in mindset operating lately. We can see two main trends. The first, digital and smart solution. Uh, there is an acceleration in investment in that subsegment in the water market, even though compared to conventional COPEX and, and APEX was the other type of um, asset and utilities is still lower, but it's the fastest growing subsection of the water market happening today. But also there is a strong switch to uh, resilience as well. How can we use digital to ensure that the assets, the staff, our team, and everything we do in the water market uh, has an increased resilience compared to before. So what's the thing that you care the most about when you work on a project? Mm -hmm. And then if there's any, what is the one you care the less about? Well, the thing I care the most, like for any project, digital or not, or the customer, it needs to meet their expectation. Either a new project or a technology or service agreement or partnership, we need to meet the client's expectation at any cost. That's what I would care the most. What I would care the least, I guess it's a good question. I haven't thought about this one. <laughs> really, I don't know. I haven't asked myself this question. What I would care the least, it's a good one. Maybe there's nothing you care less. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. What maybe not too important to me would be, look, providing a digital solution, like any other, other uh, solution, it's a mix of different things. So we can have a very high performing tool, for instance, if we don't understand the customer expectation, we're not going to achieve the right result. What's very important to me is, if, let's say we want to roll out a digital offering and we want to allow for some labor in the background to basically review it on a weekly basis and provide support. What matters to me is we meet the customer expectation. What matters less to me is if we haven't rolled out what we try to push to the client at first, but we meet their expectation and it works best in their eyes, uh, that's the most important matter. It's a good one. You've already mentioned uh, GWI, but do you have sources to recommend to keep up with uh, water and wastewater market trends? Uh, well, yeah, there would be a few, really, uh, depending on the country. Mm -hmm. But basically, GWI is a very important one on the smart networks. You will have smart networks for EU, especially focusing on Europe. You will have CRC for water-sensitive cities. So International Water Association, we just talked about it. And uh, have a look at the CEO water mandate as well. That's basically an association gathering the different CEO, industrial CEO, focusing on uh, water savings in the key industry. I'm going to make some, some links to, to uh, your advices in the, the episode notes. So uh, uh, that way everybody can, can check your recommendation. My, my last question would be, uh, would you have someone to recommend that we should definitely invite uh, on the podcast as soon as possible? Should they be from the same company? Or? Well, what you would recommend? <laughs> another, uh, another sector. I think, uh, yeah, well, I would recommend Aude Gillard. So Aude Gillard is a chief digital officer of uh, Veolia Water Technology. She would be, well, obviously well positioned to basically continue the interview focusing on Acovista, but also she would be very well placed to basically map and explain the Veolia strategy overall in regards to digital and what we're currently trying to package, market, and offer different digital tools to our clients across not only water, but water, energy services, and waste services. So I'll make sure that we extend an invitation as, as soon as possible. Uh, thanks a lot for the time you spent with, with us today. That was very interesting. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. If uh, our listener wants you to, to follow up on what we discussed, where can they, they find you online? Where, where can they contact you? 
Well, they can find me on uh, LinkedIn. So Thomas Debrin, D-E-B-R-U-Y-N-E. I work for Viodia, Viodia Water Technology. Otherwise, they can send me an email on uh, Thomas, T-H-O-M-A-S dot Debrin. So D-E-B-R-U-Y-N-E at Viodia, V-E-O-L-A-A dot com. All fine. So I, I put the, the details also in the, the episode notes. Maybe not your email because I don't want you to, to be too much spammed, but uh, <laughs> I, I put it in. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Don't Waste Water. This podcast was brought to you by GF Piping Systems. Loved this episode? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. See you next time.